So that music can only mean one thing. It's another Peterborough podcast. Hello, and thank you for listening to us, Rabble Away, um, by us. I'm Kev Lawrence, and I've been a breakfast show radio presenter in the Peterborough area for well over 30 years. And I'm John Baker, and I've been a local journalist in Peterborough for not quite as long. And for each episode, for as long as it takes, we will just talk about various things affecting the lives of people who live in and around the city of Peterborough, from politics to posh. If it's in the news, we may well talk about it and we'll be honest, we'll be relevant, we'll be positive. And it's not about holding people to account or ever slagging off the city. It's about informing people and just chatting about, as I say, what's making the news around our city. So what's on our show today, Mr. John? Slightly different approach to this show. In a way, we've kind of let uh, listeners pick the topics, if you like. We're going to be reading out letters, comments on social media that we've had over the past few weeks on everything. We've had comments. We've had people reacting to the things that we've talked about on the podcast. Believe it or not. Really? Believe it or not, people actually care a little bit every so often about what we say. So, Would you be offended if we didn't ever get any comments about our podcast? No, I would just accept it as a fact of life that I'm (laughs) basically a dull person. Um, uh, Everything from tourism to the recycling centre, from jiu-jitsu to flag fen. We have a new podcast recommendation, another Peterborough podcast. Um, An update on my training for the Anisope 5K. And that runs nicely into a chat with the creator and founder of Anisope, Carol Hughes. Yeah, it'd be really lovely to, to chat to Carol. I mean, I've known Carol Hughes for years and years and years. Yeah, and I've spoken to her many, many times on various radio stations. There isn't anybody more passionate nope. about fundraising for a charity than Carol. So she's our guest later in this episode of our podcast. Uh, where should we start? Should we start with tourism? Tourism, yes. So... Uh, we spoke about tourism a few weeks ago. Lots of views of that video that I did, a brief clip that um, was it TikTok or Insta or both. So we got lots of comments about what can be done in Peterborough to boost tourism. Some good, some bad, if you like. Um, where shall we start? The Wiltshire <laughs> tree hugger. I guess we're starting with bad. Number one, clean the place up. It's a squalid slum. When I read comments like that yeah clean the place up it's a squalid slum to me right even though yep there are areas of the city that need cleaning up of course just hearing and seeing that kind of negativity for me it would just be block block who who would call somewhere a squalid slum well i know who that is it's i know it's an ex-councillor of this city um number two invest in arts and culture i don't think anybody would would necessarily disagree with that Obviously but, but I mean, what I would say about that, if someone posts the phrase invest in arts and culture, great. Give us a bit more detail. Which bit of the arts and the culture do you want investment in? Because there is a lot of investment in the arts and culture in a whole wide variety of different places. Yeah. Um, well, give well, us detail. Yeah. You know, well, back up your, your request. Let's come on to something. There's a comment that's later on, just after this, that I'm going to read out, which might suggest the sort of direction. Number three is improved public transport. Um, Again, in the news a lot at the moment. Yeah, the, the MP it, is crying out for extra investment, for instance, for bus routes. Yes, uh, and, and and public transport uh, as well, trains as well as another thing, obviously, that we we all like to have a grumble about. Um, and number four, develop tourist slash tours packages that encourage visitors to take in a number of attractions. Now, that has been raised. Uh, in the so who, who said that? Who was saying these uh, things? Wilshire Treehugger. Oh, it's the uh, same person four, doing Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all um, him. So, um, yeah, it's... 
it's left you speechless after reading them. <laughs> no, no, no. No, because well, I, think, I think he has a point about something. I mean, you say uh, block straight away, squalid Scott. Like, the reason why I said that... there are points. The reason why I said that, when someone on social media just literally slags the city off like that, I've got no time for them. There would be, uh, from, in, this is my view, yeah. my opinion, somebody that calls this city a squalid slum not interested in speaking to you. If you termed it differently, if you said, yeah. I think that there's parts of the city that need a bit of effort to, to clean them up, well, that's different. Then does that, does that you, work, you've engaged being with softer me. about it? Does well, that that's really me. Work? I'm, t- I'm, I'm just giving my Maybe opinion. Maybe me as a hard-nosed It's journalist. not a squalid slum. There are but areas that absolutely need work, but the whole city... There's beautiful areas of is. this city. There Don't is, just call I'm the not, city a squalid slum. I'm not slum. throwing out what he's saying about that, because you know, right, you know that there are areas that are not looked after by the people of Peterborough. You know that. And the, the council does what it can to clean it up. But um, when he says clean the place up, yes, the council could do that, but then it is up for people to look after it as well. I can tell you, near where I live, there are sometimes when I am absolutely embarrassed to go out my front door. Absolutely embarrassed because of the litter, because of the trash. Now, we could, you know, the council could, for instance, give it a water spray. Some of the paving's not great around the city. Um, let me just, let's just go away from it because we, we, we do know that there are some parts, some roads, some areas that could do with a lot of work. When he says I'm investing in arts and culture, um, can I just go on to a comments from um, Joff and all that is Ames? Now, they mentioned food festivals, which would be great, and I'll come back to that in a minute. But um, all that is Ames said, surely street art should not be the only funded art in the city, which I think is quite an interesting point as well. We, we love Nathan and, and, and various other street artists around the city. And I guess that some artists might think to themselves, well, hold on, we're always paying for street art, you know, and there are, you know, like the, the, the block on the embankment and et cetera. Why aren't we doing anything else? Why aren't we doing like sculptures, I guess, or other different 3D art? Why aren't we putting on more um, like different exhibitions and things like that? And I guess that's what the Wiltshire Tree Hugger means by investing in arts and culture. Maybe it's the other parts of art that aren't so publicised, prominent, that maybe we should be looking at as well fair point yeah that, that, that's, I'll, that's I'll, all i'll do on that one is nod yeah because that is a fair point i i and that's what i i i think that maybe they were um getting at um we are paper rhino said investment in arts and culture is such a great way to boost local pride and increase quality of life even quite small interventions work really well and again i think we'd all agree agree with that making uh, Peterborough like a vibrant area. And I know that there's been sort of talk about different types of exhibitions. I know the guys at Digital People in Peterborough are talking to the cathedral about doing something there. I don't think that's um, any secret that that's one of their intentions. That would be amazing. You've only got to have a a quick look at the the cathedral website. As a place of worship, it's it's one thing, but as also as a place that engages with the community and, and... cross sections of the community mm-hmm. it's brilliant i mean the the events they put on the engagement they have with the community is absolutely incredibly good it, it is it is good uh and it's only and it's only growing um and um you know they've got the exhibition coming up in 
I think it's February, made in Peterborough. So all art that has been made in Peterborough over the last few years. It was something they started in during COVID times. It's made in lockdown, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made in lockdown, and now it's moving on to May. So I, I, I absolutely take the point on on more diverse art. Yes. It, it isn't just about street art. Yes. It shouldn't be just about street I, art. I think, but there are lots of other arts that you can embrace and promote and fund uh, yeah. if you, if you like. Can I just mention what 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 Daza Kelly's mentioned? Yes. Because in this whole conversation about what can we do to improve tourism in Peterborough? We had a massive podcast on it. All of this reaction's come in, so we've decided this for this episode to, yeah, yeah. to look at a lot of that reaction. I'm kind of in Dazza's camp. Very good, this comment, isn't it? Food and drinks, writes Dazza Kelly. The local area from the top of my head has two vineyards, three breweries, and a what? A meadery. A meadery. What's a meadery? Uh, somewhere you make mead. That's um, Iceni. Uh, have you ever... Um, Oh, he's great, Bob. Who who runs? I'm gonna that. I'm gonna be full disclosure. I have no idea what a meadery is. Well, somewhere that makes mead, isn't it? What's well, mead? Very sweet wine. You know, sweet wine. I didn't know that. Did you not? No, there will be. There will be others. Looking at you with the bags under your eyes. You know all <laughs> about alcohol. Okay, so that's to do with wine. Now, lots of local things, writes Dazza, happening, but nobody knows about them. Well, that's another talking point about yeah. how to spread the word yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, vineyards are Mallard Point in Essendine. One at Ketton. Uh, breweries are mead uh, and meadery are in Woodston. I think I think Oka Males mm-hmm. is one, and is it Iceni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, good point. There are wonderful producers of wine, of beer in the area, and they should perhaps be promoted yeah, more. But I think of, think of the brewery tap. You go to the brewery tap, and you see you know where they brew their yeah, beer, yeah, yeah. so you can enjoy like Thai food or or, or nice beer, um, uh, decent ales in the brewery tap. Uh, yeah, and um, Charters sells a lot of those as well. Is it, I do think <clears throat> going back to the other comment, a food festival, proper food and drink festival, would be something that could really work, and it needn't just be necessarily just Peterborough. In fact, it won't be. You know. We've seen um, Ketten and Essendine uh, mentioned there. South Holland is a great producer of food, um, and we've got such. Where would we? Where would we do it? Would be another interesting thing as well. If you had a food festival, where would you do it? And I envisage it being spread across the city in various venues across the city. Because one of the things that I've, I've mentioned before about Peter is our city centre is too small. Because basically, our city centre is Cathedral Square and St John's Square. And we need to get out of that. Long way? To go. See, I don't even think... I, I Not towards the end. Bridge Street? Not towards... I, see, I, I think they're very... But what events do we ever put on on Bridge Street or Long Causeway? So you determine or define a city centre by what events you put on it? What I think is... Well, that, that's... I think that's... Our city centre is an L shape. Right. Or no, T shape. T shape. But I'm not, see, see it, I don't think it is. All the events that we ever put on, all of the main things, they're all Cathedral Square. They're all St. John's Square. Well, Cathedral Square is the heart of the yes. city centre. But, but in the other city centre itself sprawls out a bit wider. But in other cities, you don't always put the main things only in one place, do you? You could have say, you could argue. Um, what are you saying then? You want to have the Christmas night switch on down, down Westgate? No, or on but I'm saying that every so often you could do events that are spread across the city. Because if you want to bring people in and they're over in, I don't know, Hampton or they're over it, maybe they would like some things in their parts of the well, city as well. Cathedral Square is, is the largest space, the largest yes. area. That's why well, events right, happen there. Compare it to, I don't know, Cambridge. How many city? How many squares? How many city centres are there? I've hosted loads. the Christmas light switch on in Cambridge loads and loads of times. It's always the same place. Right? It's always in the same place. How and many actually, colleges? How many greens are there? How but, many? But you, you, you see my argument. Kind of. But the space that Cambridge has 
is much smaller. They've got the market there mm-hmm. in front of their guild hall steps. So why and it's have, actually a smaller space. Why don't, right, okay. Why don't we ever, because I've seen this before, I've heard this before, of people saying, why don't we do a sort of pub event where you can go from pub to pub and go and drink different pints and, and see live music at different venues? Why can't we do something like that where we spread out? And we see, Wentworth Street, is not that's never used. You know Wentworth Street mm-hmm. where, you know, like um, Bottle and Board and Games Workshop, it's all closed off that area it could be for little mini events it's always city center and we never sort of move stuff about it's always cathedral square we will agree to disagree so on anyone that. listening if you've got any comments feel free to send me an email it's kev at pcrfm.co.uk when the comments come in i'll hand them over to john he'll vet them and then we'll decide whether or not to have a little argument about them here on our podcast what would you like to talk about next? Should we talk about jujitsu? Yeah, just uh, quickly, if you go on the Peterborough Podcast YouTube page, you will see the video I did with Thrive Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Ormiston Bushfield. I went there the other day, I spoke to Mark Day, who's the founder of it, and I also spoke to some of the students, Naomi, Matt and Sam. Some real stories. Matt, for example, was discharged from the, the armed forces after having two heart attacks. And he's used jiu-jitsu to get back um, his fitness and his health. He's lost six stones in weight since taking on the sport. And it's, it's not just physical health that that brings benefits to. It's mental health Men- as well, isn't mental it? Mental health, and, yeah. yeah. And you made a lovely video, didn't you? I did make a lovely video. Um, you a lot of, make a lot of lovely videos. I, 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 I tend to. An artist. We've talked about art. That's <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Um, and, and, and honestly, watch it. Um, it's been really well received on social media. They're moving into... Uh, new premises soon so good luck to thrive uh, friends of the pod they asked if we could speak to them i went over glad i did excellent are you now a jiu-jitsu black belt no i think i'm a sort of um gray belt when we argue are you going to throw me over your shoulder uh maybe i mean there's windows i could put you through one put of them. Through right. a window. no no, no. It's, more, it's more sort of yeah this no, isn't a podcast that promotes any kind of violence Absolutely. at all um right as we continue to look at um other things that people have been commenting on because i think this this podcast is quite nice we you know we're just talking about what people have said about the things mm-hmm. we've discussed mm-hmm. yeah so we'll go on to flag fen um i went went there recently with the tourism group and um, I hadn't been in years I, th- I I did a few things with the PT but the last time I properly went and had a proper look around I think was when I was at school when I went to school in Spalding so describe what Flag Fen is for people listening to this podcast who've no idea what it is it is a Bronze Age prehistoric site that is literally located a mile or two outside Peterborough and uh Essentially, it's been described as the sort of prehistoric motorway almost. It's, it's essentially, you can still see the wooden supports, the tracks that were there going back to prehistoric times when people would leave, lead a more nomadic lifestyle and would move around the fens as they were there, which were obviously waterlogged at that time. It's, it's a place of great historical significance. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel quite sad that Flag Fen isn't trumpeted more i feel sad that it isn't as busy as it as it might be and i can't really understand why it isn't you Uh, do read about it in peterborough tourism pamphlets and stuff and you know they've got a good website and they've got good Mm. people who work there so why can't they get the numbers in i think and uh well firstly i don't think people realize how close it is that's one thing 
And secondly, maybe you have to use your imagination a bit more with Flagfen than you do with a lot of other historical sites. And this is something Toby Wood from the Peter Pacific Society said to me. You know, you have to really visualise it. It's not like, for example, Stonehenge or a bit more modern, like the pyramids or Roman baths or things like that around them. You have to really sort of, you know... Cruelly, you could say it's some bits of wood in, in, in the ground. And I was lucky enough once to go um, around Flagfen with Francis Pryor, the, the, the gentleman who found, who discovered, discovered it. it. Yeah. yeah, so now there's a storyteller for you. He's a brilliant man, absolutely brilliant man. Um, so anyway, I posted some pictures on our Instagram. Clement's Financial said, our son just went on a school trip. He was very impressed with the artifacts. It blew his mind. And um, Coralie Mattis, another comment, she said, when I visited after seven years of living in Peterborough, this blew my mind, the same same uh, description, I felt a real connection with that ancient time when normally hearing Bronze Age is just words. It inspired me to write a little story about an imagined young girl's rite of passage walk from Flagfen to Must Farm. And, it's, it's, you know, it was interesting. It's a we great were, comment. Yeah, I love that. it's brilliant. And we were there... And as I say, we went as a sort of tourism group, and there were people there who'd never been to Flagfen before, like Penny, a friend uh, from the Crescent. The, the so even though she's lived in Peterborough for years and years and years, never just been. never got around to visiting never it. Been. And I, like I say, I hadn't been. Like, I mean, I went to school time, you know, 150 years ago or whatever, but it was... Uh, this was the first time, and it's and it's really really good. And it was a beautiful sunny day. Obviously, there are reenactments of what 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 it must have looked like several thousand years ago. Um, and um, I think that's one of the things we spoke earlier on in the first part about possible tours around the area. Maybe that should be part of you know a day trip. So you could go there, and you could go to Longthorpe Tower or Must Farm or where, wherever around the region, around the county, to look at historical sites. It would be a great idea. If there were organised tours yeah. for people to go and visit, you know, these amazing places that mm. we know we have in the city, that's a great shout. So it makes almost it easier for tourists who do come to Peterborough, particularly in the summer months. Yeah. You know, you think of places like Neem Park Trust, yeah. all of the visitors they get staying in the caravans, staying in the bell tents, you know, get them booked up on exactly. all these, we've got these the museum, tours. We've got Norman Cross. You could keep going with places that, that of historical interest that you could do. I mean, what a day that would be if you packed all that into a day. That's worth a few pounds of anyone's money, isn't it? 100%. So from Flagfen to yeah the recycling center no that wouldn't be on the tourist list would it um doubtful yeah doubtful i guess there are some relics in there somewhere in the in the, in the mess, well, it's full of relics but yeah. why is why is well, the um the recycling center getting people talking because i just i i went there uh, not so long ago and i have to say weirdly i actually really like going there and clearing stuff out maybe it's just a part of my personality so i just posted a picture of it and just to thank the staff really i guess 1200 accounts reached on instagram people commenting on it so obviously a lot of people like it as well if you've never been there it's ridiculously well organized or you compartmentalize everything so if you want to put your batteries you chuck them in here if you want to chuck your used car oil you can pour it into here and obviously wood cardboard um asbestos everything goes in there if you've got something to recycle you've got to put it yeah. in the right skip and if you don't you know about it yeah you, you do get, you get barked at but I, I, like... I once made a mistake when i was there but the was going to put the wrong thing in the in the wrong skip boy they jumped on me they do no don't put care. that in there they care they care and i i i like that i like the stuff very much there i once had a big i said once a couple of months ago a big 
bundle of leaves and branches to get rid of. And I opened the boot of my car and I thought, how the hell am I going to... It was literally almost as tall as me, which isn't a lot, I know. But uh, it's more saplings and branches, if you like. But they were on me like locusts. These guys, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll help you, mate, we'll help you. And it was yeah. gone and in. But so, but the one comment I would like to read out was um, from Eva Woods, who's also been a guest on this podcast, the Peterborough Youth MP. She said, I tried walking there once and couldn't find a way in as a pedestrian. I then heard over the radio, there's a little person wandering around the site. Can someone sort that out, please? I was quickly approached and directed by a very helpful member of staff. Can we read out the other comment? By the way, that's a lovely comment for me. It but, is. Uh, but Uinsky's comment yeah, is funny, isn't it? <laughs> Let me read this out. Yeah, go on then. So commenting on John's post about his visit to the recycling centre. Yep. The tip. We call it the tip. The tip. Right. Uh, Uinsky wrote, it's the most soul-cleansing place to visit. It's up there with a spa experience and attending a church mass. Fabulous. She's clearly a fan yeah, of going to I, the skip. I, I think so. I don't know how tongue-in-cheek that is. But um, you do feel good, though. You do feel good when you... And especially if there's that other area at the end of it where you can leave items, you know, for charity and stuff. So when you're doing the clear-out, you can leave, you know, stuff that's obviously still usable. Because I went yesterday to the recycling centre and there's an old alarm clock, which was still in perfectly good working order. You look round and Everything from lawnmowers to electric guitars to pictures to LPs. Um, I, 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 I love the recycling centre. And I just thought a little word of praise for one of Peterborough's most well-known and well-respected facilities. OK, done. Um, before we meet our guest, who's coming up in a few minutes' time, it's Carol Hughes, the founder of Anna's Hope, the charity. And, of course, on Sunday, the 15th of October, it's the Great Eastern Run, the AEPG Great Eastern Run and... The Anna's Hope 5K Fun Run. But we just have a moment for you, John, because I know you wanted to mention it, uh, to mention another local creator and a local podcaster that you've discovered. Yeah. Wow. He he, he emailed us. Um, and I'll read out some of his email. Um, that's another uh, local. But before you read his email, I think we should establish who he is. Oh, no. That's very early on in the email. Oh, does that, does that, yeah. that come? As another local creator and podcaster. Right. He's got the best name ever as well, I wanted to introduce myself. I am Jackson Van Uden. I'm in hold on, hold on. I yeah. am Jackson Van Uden. I'm I'm Spartacus. Anybody who's got a name of Jackson Van Uden yeah. is my friend. So, so he does a, a website. He's a historian, political scientist, podcaster from Peterborough, currently living in Longthorpe. He said he enjoys FYI Peterborough, which is my other site, and listening to the Peterborough podcast. I particularly like the recent video on YouTube about Peterborough City Council's budget balancing. So I went to check out his website, historywithjackson.co.uk forward slash podcast. And I thought to myself, well, I'll uh, you know I'll have a little listen and, and and see if it's any good. And I thought it was really good, genuinely. Um, I listened to uh, Coffee with Hitler with Charles Spicer, which was all about um, sort of in the mid thirties when various groups and factions uh, from sort of the liberal parts of Britain went over to try and civilize Hitler, as it were. And obviously, it didn't quite work out. Uh, fascinating um, podcast. All sorts of things on on Jackson's um, site. I also listened to parts of the, his interviews from Gloucester History Festival. Uh, I listened to the one with Ian Dale, the uh, political broadcaster. So yes, um, a friend of our show, um, and he said that he'll come on for a uh, to be maybe a future guest. Yeah, I think it'd be absolutely superb. Okay, so, so his podcast is called History with Jackson. 
and his name is Jackson Van Uden. Yeah, uh, and, and congratulations to him on creating such a great, great podcast. And it's now time to meet our guest for the podcast. It is Carol Hughes from Anna's Hope Charity. Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm Kev. This is John. Uh, hello, Carol. And the whole of our podcast listeners, I'm sure, would have heard of your charity, Anna's Hope. But for those who maybe haven't, I think, John, it's fair to say we need to start with a nice sort of general overview of the charity. Would mm, you agree? Yeah, I think so. I, so I agree. from the beginning, tell us the story of Anna's Hope. Well, if, I have, if you don't know about it, uh, very sadly, 17 years ago now, I lost my little girl, Anna, uh, to a brain tumour. She was only three years, eight months. And uh, we vowed then and there we we're going to have to do something whether Anna lived or she died. And as I say, she did die, and we set up Anna's Hope to give hope to any other child that's been touched by a brain tumour. And 17 years. Yeah. I mean, that's that's made me go all goosebumpy. That's an incredibly long me too. period of time. I've we've spoken many times on oh, different yeah. radio stations in different places. I remember meeting you at Adam Brooks once. When remember the Brainbow yeah. stuff. I mean, the work that Anna's Hope does as a charity is phenomenal. Over those 17 years, you really have improved outcomes, improved the lives of so many children who, as you say, have been touched by, by brain tumours. Yeah. So 17 years on, the work's not stopping. The, the efforts by all of you and, and all of your team continue as strong as ever. Yeah. Every child um, across the uh, east of England now is helped by Anna's Hope. And uh, we've put a specialist team in. It's the, it's the first in the country. And two weeks ago, Kev, you'd be pleased to know that Brainbow has actually been taken on by the NHS. So Anna's legacy is phenomenal. We're wow. helping over 200 the children a year. The whole of the NHS, the, the, the yeah. just locally? Well, I mean, the NHS, but they're going to roll it nationally. There's still That's the point. I mean, that's, yeah. that's huge. It's a huge legacy. And as I say, we've dedicated 17 years of our life, but there's still so much more to do. And uh, But yeah, it, as you say, it gives you goose pimples. It really um, does. Yeah. So Brainbow, what is Brainbow? So Brainbow is a service that uh, it was our idea together with um, a consultants of Adam Brooks and we set to and we realised in the first place there was only one specialist nurse in the region for over 300 children which was impossible so we Anna's Hope funded one of those in the first place I um, remember that yeah when you that were around then I was there, that's yeah. right and uh, your radio, sta radio station helped us to do that and um, many other people out there as well uh, then she was taken on by the NHS and then we s said, right, what's our further stream? And this was it, Brainbow. So we co-founded Brainbow. And yeah, we're pleased to say, say two um, Sundays ago, uh, sorry, two Fridays ago, um, uh, it was taken on by the NHS. So Incredible. yeah, we're, we're living in a, a dream at the moment. It's a, a huge legacy for Anna. Now, whether you're listening to this podcast before the Great Eastern Run or after the Great Eastern Run, it doesn't really matter. Uh, John, as we sit here and record, you're wearing your Anna's Hope T-shirt. Um, do, do you want to add some comments about your support for the charity? Yeah, well, uh, my daughter Eliza and I are running the 5K. Uh, I've done the Great Eastern Run before, um, but I've never done the 5K before. Much easier. Uh, it is. Much uh, nicer, hey, Carol? Well, I enjoyed last year. <laughs> well, it's fair as you can fly. I can fly. <laughs> well, if it's, I mean, um, Eliza and I are really looking forward to it. And there was always such a great uh, atmosphere, a great vibe to it. And last year was the, actually the first time I've ever been a spectator on the streets because it comes past our house. We moved house um, two or three years ago. And obviously there was no Great Eastern Run or 5K for a while because of COVID. So now it's back. 
and you yeah, excited. I am looking forward. Yeah, you know, I am really looking forward <laughs> to it. And when you, you know, when you asked us to, to to do it, it didn't take much persuasion to do it. You know, it motivates you to get out and go. You know, five k is quite a nice distance. You know, you've done it. I mean, I've done a lot of parts. Well, compared to a half before. marathon, it's a breeze, isn't well, it? Well, a half Absolutely. marathon is is. I always feel like I'm at the end of it. People always say to me, "Oh, I bet you went out for a pint afterwards, didn't you?" No. I went and had a cup of tea and I went to bed after a half marathon. That's what I did every time I've done it. I mean, I've done it three times. and Every time I've thought, there's no way I could do that again. No way I could do a marathon. Um, but the five, I'm looking forward to, to going around the city and the feeling afterwards and going past the cathedral as well. We mentioned it earlier. It's a brilliant new kind of addition to the end of the route. It's an improved route. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you're looking forward to it. So, um, Carol, back to you. In, yeah. in terms of this event, the, the Anna's Hope 5K Fun Run, uh, what would you like to say about it? Would you like to thank any supporters? Would you like to thank any of the people running it for you? What would you like well, to say? Well, I just want to say a huge uh, thank you to everybody, not just for Anna's Hope, but for everybody, because as you say, it brings the community together. And uh, I'm wishing everybody who's running for any charity the best of luck. Um, for those that are running for Anna's Hope, guess what? We have fairy cakes, our famous fairy cakes at the end. So what more could you possibly want? And a drinks in the, fair, in the Anna's Hope fairy marquee, which you can't miss us. Um, but we're really looking forward to, uh, to the day. We've got so many runners. The race is just about sold out. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's phenomenal. And as I say, I, I, as a person, um, as myself, I can't wait to see the big beaming smiles across everybody's faces because the fairies are giving out the medals at the end as well. And, uh, yeah. It's Can I ask something? How did you first get involved in the 5K? How did that all come about? Good question. 14 years ago now. We've been doing it, and yeah. you guys yourselves have been involved with it as well over the years. Uh, yeah, we've worked very hard. We've worked alongside the council, as you know, alongside your good selves and the radio stations. Yeah, uh, it became a mummy on a mission, really, and just, I'm very passionate about the whole race. Um, obviously, I'm passionate about the charity as well, but I believe you know you can work together, and this is what we've done. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it really proved itself. Did you come up with the idea? Who came up with the idea? Because obviously the Great Eastern Run had existed for, you know, for... 30 or something 25 years yeah. at that point it would be or yeah. Along, alongside half marathon there was yeah. a, there was always a 5k option but i don't think it had a kind of sponsor yeah. if you like and the charity in some ways is the sponsor of the 5k because it's the anna's hope 5k well, fun run it, isn't it's it it's the title charity um we're not the sponsor we're the Sorry, title, the title charity. charity yeah 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 i mean there was a gap in all those all those years um and we stopped so when it's restarted again it was actually our idea that i came um, and came along aside the council and thought look we can do this because Anna's Hope actually has a schools challenge as well yeah. and it's really exciting because not only um, we have prizes um, we have um, trophies for schools that raise the most money and this year we've teamed up with um, uh, Little Bug Snug and with Osborne Books and not only are they raising money for their school uh, but they're raising and helping children with brain tumours they're you know doing something for the libraries as well so it's great it's a nice shout getting schools to kind of almost challenge each other to yeah. see who can raise the most yeah and I, I love seeing you know children the first step of running is walking and uh, you know we have little ones doing it um, from four onwards um, to 90 year olds but we've also got companies doing it as well and uh, I want to give a big shout out to some schools Go and have, you, have you got a list of yeah yeah I have. I'll have to it. use my so I'd like to give a shout out to Caster School. Uh, they always do it, as you know, Kev. Um, CV. Yeah, the CV. We've got Neen Park Academy. We've got loads from that doing it as well. Um, we've got Oakdale Primary in Stanground. 
uh, and businesses. I'd like to give a, a shout out to all the park runners because I've been down to every park run going. Me and my broom, my fairy broom, I've been here, there, everywhere. You've been annoying all the park runners for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and a big shout out for Peterborough and Stanford Colleges. They're all doing it as well. And as I say, businesses, we've got eye signs. We've actually got the Chamber of Commerce as well. And the CEO, the new CEO is doing it from there as well. And uh, as I say, I just wish anybody who's running for any charity um, as well to, because some people are running through adversity and some people are just yeah. running for their personal bests. See, that's, that's the ones that always get you when you see things like, I mean, you get this with um, the race for life as well. I'm running for, and yeah. you see a photo of somebody who's yeah. been lost or a, a name, you know, I'm running for... I mean, the, the emotion oh. really kicks in. I mean, whether it's Race for Life, whether it's the, the fun run, the half marathon, Absolutely. when you see people brave enough to wear T-shirts that have a photograph of a lost loved one or just some words about a lost loved one and their particular charity that they've chosen, that's when your heartstrings really get pulled. Mm. Yeah. But I guess that is motivating. And that person doing that run, raising the money that they're raising, I, I guess they're motivated themselves by, by knowing that they're running f for the memory of that lost loved one. Yeah. But imagine the reaction as well from other runners that are reading people's messages. You, yeah. you they get motivated too. Yeah, but you, and even you're trying to concentrate on your own, but then you're thinking about people, thinking yeah. about people you don't know. You can't help it, can no, you? You just get no. emotionally in, involved. And uh, yeah, and that's, I can feel it now. I can feel the passion. I, I can't wait till Sunday now, as I say. Uh, I'm uh, full of exhilaration, uh, but full exhil say, exhilaration yeah. mode. That moment when the race starts, when yeah. there's like a little countdown, when all the yeah. runners are lined up, they've yeah. done the training, they've had the the sponsorship forms out to friends and family, they're lining up on embankments, ready for their moments when they're starting. It's, I mean, I wouldn't compare it to a race in the Olympic Games, but. In a way, there's similarities. But it is, it is for the community and the region. Yeah. The whole region's come together, and I'm doing it now. Countdown for sleeps. I'm, I think we're on five now. Yeah. <laughs> five more sleeps to go, and uh, yeah, it, 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 it's great. It, it's it's an event that is really well supported, I think, by Peterborough people. Yeah. Uh, we should mention AEPG. They are now the sponsors of the Great Eastern Run. They're putting money into it for their reasons, that it aligns with their whole idea of wanting to develop a, a certain part of the city in a kind of active led way we all know how important being mm. active is not just to our physical health but also to our mental health mm. as well so again i guess the alignment for anna's hope as a charity with something that promotes such good physical and mental wellness is also a, a good thing for you to kind of acknowledge well, uh, yes yes it is it's it's a good thing for the whole city and, and anybody around i mean we're really pleased that good running events have taken over the run last year and it's of course it's just building it up again after covid and uh, as I say, the race is 90, I think it's actually 98, 99% full for the whole thing, which is fantastic, uh, considering we've had COVID as well. So, yeah, any sponsors that um, Good Running Events can get uh, involved with the run is fant you know, fantastic. Can I mention something that's one of my favorite? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're a guest, Carol. Um, I want to mention the world record, which oh, is one yes. of my favorite days ever in Peterborough. I'll never forget you uh, that day. Uh, well, tell us <laughs> about that day, because some people won't know what it was. Right. We mentioned the cathedral earlier on. Yeah. Obviously, it was there. So tell us about that. Well, actually, this fairy feels very much part of Peterborough Cathedral. It is the icon of our city. And, uh, yeah, it gives me goosebumps about that as well, because yours truly... Actually, Kev, you did it as well. 
we abseiled down the side of Peterborough Cathedral prior to this event we're about, I'm about to talk about. I dress as a fairy and I passed out at the bottom um, because I wasn't used to doing anything like that. And uh, they brought me around with flapjacks. But the reason why I was supposed to, and I had to go back up again because the GoPro wasn't working properly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the PT pulled me back up again. Yeah, and I had to do it again. But anyway, right. so the event we're talking about, which obviously you filmed and very much part of, um, Anna's Hope are the Guinness Book of Record holders for the most amount of fairies in one place at one time. And that day was just so spiritual. It was awesome. We brought the whole city to a standstill. Can I just come in again? So, uh, so you, the world record is the most amount of fairies, fairies in one place, in one place at, one at one time. time. So who, who were the fairies? The public. Everybody. Was Everybody, a, even John. Yeah, I was John was filming it. Yeah. <laughs> he was dressed, dressed as a fairy. Briefly, yes. yes. Yeah, excellent. Anybody I could get hold of was dressed as a fairy, but it was lovely. And how many fairies were there? Gosh, now you've got me now. Nine, eight, 800, 900, something like that. So there's a serious like number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were all terrible. in the grounds of the cathedral. Yeah, it so was phenomenal. They all had phenomenal. to be at the front, like yes, green. In, in the green of the, uh, yes. And they were counted, verified, checked. Oh, properly everything. It's properly the Guinness Book of Records. And we are still the holders yet. I get people saying, are we still the holders? And yes, and we always will be. Because they don't realise that is Anna's legacy as well. She yeah. loved fairies and that's our brand. And we will <laughs> always be. Uh, uh, and that perhaps does need explaining that, that the whole point <laughs> behind fairies yeah, yeah is because anna loved anna loved fairies. fairies and actually it was her sister sarah that actually drew uh the logo and that became our brand uh, yeah oh. and anna always said it was uh, pink for boys and blue for girls and uh, so hence the t-shirts but to s on on uh, sunday if anybody is actually going to be running for anna's hope as i say i wish everybody you know, their personal best or whatever anybody who's running for anna's hope either in the anna's hope 5k forum or the half marathon because we have people in there too then please come and visit us because we have a lovely especially fairy grotto marquee uh, in the the grounds of the embankment which we're all going to be in afterwards and come and join us for um fairy cakes and drink and to celebrate um where'd so. you get where'd you get your fairy cakes from aha uh -huh. well <laughs> secret, you don't know secret, secret it, it is a secret it? but this year peterborough colleges are doing it oh, for good. us so yeah. uh, yeah, the tie-in with the colleges is lovely, isn't it? Mm. And and any any tie-ins with the university? Yes, yes, the whole um, enterprise um, Inspire Education um, uh, group we're all involved. I've got a nice relationship there, and we're going to be doing things with them going forward as well. In fact, we've got paces—not uh, paces, sorry—we've got um, students coming from um, part of their college as well, which are not only going to be running, but they're also um, other ones are going to be helping out at the event. Uh, in the baggage area so uh, well those kind of volunteers need a shout out because yeah. this event absolutely would not happen without people giving up their time and no. i think it's over 300 volunteers yeah yeah are needed on the day yeah. everything from yeah. round and round Different from as far north of warrington and you know right, yeah. right in the city center well not just from route marshals baggage yeah. area helpers Water. volunteers yeah. people handing out the goodie yeah. bags at the end oh, and the waters yeah. and the medals and the fairies i've got loads of fairy the fairies uh, helpers at, and you got 800 fairies <laughs> no <laughs> no i've got our fairy helpers our team which is great and um but to, to be able to see a sea of we're all over the races you know okay. and to see a, a sea of fairies that uh, so that, that, that that's the near future um you said earlier on that there's still a lot more to do what more things would you like to do with anna's hope well we want to make sure that um our model is is turned out completely across the country because obviously with the nhs money is in short supply um but we have proved with stats and 
and evidence that um, the work of Anna's Hope is um, needed across the whole of the country. Uh, it is pioneering and any child that's lucky enough to survive um, can be helped by um, us at Brainbow, uh, our Anna's Hope um, team. Um, with Anna's Hope, every single penny um, that's donated goes to the cause. And that's our USP and has been. So as a, as a mum, uh, I feel very proud that we've been able to do that. Um, not only that, Kev, we've managed to get the first debate in Parliament. Um, my husband is also a trustee of brain tumour research and uh, together with other small brain tumour charities we've got together and we've got the first debate in Parliament, not just for children but for adults as well. So we would like to do research, our charity is set up for research, but it is so important if you've been touched by a brain tumour to help the here and now because uh, it affects not just the child, the whole family. And uh, with Anna's Hope, nothing's too much trouble, as you saw when you were in Addenbrooke's, that each child is completely different. Um, may, they may never be the same person again. When Anna came around from her eight and a half hour operation, she couldn't swallow, and there was nobody in Addenbrooke's that could help her, either in the adult section or the child, and that's when I became a mummy possessed. Mm. I didn't know how to rub two pennies together or how to do anything, but all of a sudden, it just came. <laughs> and, and 17 years later, yeah. you know, the, the, the passion that you have to raise money that can make differences, tangible differences, differences that you can s physically see yeah. to so many children that, that are touched by brain tumours is yeah. incredible. So keep being brilliant. Keep being inspiring. And, you know, let's hope that Anna's Hope in, in the future can just go on to somehow even greater yeah, but things. But what I must say is we, we couldn't do, Anna's Hope couldn't do what we do without the help and support of the local community and people around. Because, as I say, it's, it's phenomenal what we have done and achieved, but we couldn't do that without the, the public. And the Great Eastern Run to, um, to us is, um, you know, is really important. It's a big mega event in, in our calendar. And... I'm so proud to be able to support it not, uh, just with good running events, the council, and be part and friends with everybody. It's really important, and uh, I cherish that. So thank you. Thank you, Carol. Super. And there we end this latest podcast. I think it's episode number 17. Yeah, 17, E17. So we'll see you for number 18. Yes. Oh, was that all right? You were very good. Oh, very good. Right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a novel way to end the podcast. <laughs> you say was I alright you were brilliant oh, um, did you record that uh, we're still recording it <laughs> we're still recording <laughs> uh, so yeah we'll be back uh, for episode 18 we uh, will in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks um, and uh, yeah if you see me running around on Sunday morning give me a wave give him a boo I mean a wave give everybody a wave